Well, thank you so much, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to HTC. I'm Tim. I'm one of the curates here. And it's great to see you today. Um, I wonder if you remember that song that came out almost exactly two years ago to the day. Uh, on, this, on this Sunday in May, uh, two years ago, the UK Blessing came out. And it was um, a version from UK churches all over uh, this country, uh, the country of the UK, singing the song, The Blessing. And it's had something like five million views. And it came out during the time of lockdown when so many people needed to hear the words that the song was saying. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, may he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, turn towards you and give you peace. The UK blessing came out. Um, and we all need to hear and know about God's blessing. And we certainly did then. I remember if, what it, remember if, you, remember if you can remember what it was like two years ago. We couldn't come together in church on a Sunday like this. We could do food banks and so on, that's important, but we couldn't come together for our Sunday worship. But I want to encourage you today, what I want to speak about is how we are blessed, whatever we face, whatever songs are coming out um, for Christians around the country, we are blessed. And I don't just need a song to remind me of God's blessing, I actually have his word. Because Paul wrote this famous passage in Ephesians. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul worships God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He worships him. Why? Because he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. God does bless us physically, materially. But what he concentrates on here, what this first bit of, the bit of, uh, first chapter of Ephesians is about, is how God, God blesses us spiritually and eternally. And what I want to just, we're just going to go through this passage together, and we're going to see the ways that God has blessed all of us with every spiritual blessing, with the way that God has blessed all of us with every spiritual blessing. Firstly, we have, as we go through this, the past blessing of election. We have the past blessing of election. You can read with me if you're following in your Bible. It's going to come up on the screen. Verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. We have the past blessing of election. And by that I mean God planned he chose that he would make us right with him. Paul writes that God chose us to be holy and he chose us to be blameless in his sight. And to be made holy and blameless in the sight of God is to be made pure. It is to be made right with him. It is to have our sins forgiven, to have a brand new start in God. Recently, I've been to Cornwall and um, as I was on a walk, we came across this amazing little beach that was just pure, no one had touched it, no one had been on that day. Here's a picture of that beach. Um, I've actually used a picture on a walk I used recently. Um, I promise you when I am going walking, I'm not just going around thinking, I wonder what I could use in my sermon illustration. Um, this came to me as I was thinking about it. This is a picture of a beach that nobody had walked on that day. It was amazing, totally quiet. The sand was totally clean. That's what you are like and I are like before God. We are holy and we are blameless in his sight. Nothing has touched us. We are made, we've been made right with God. So maybe think when you see a beach like that that has the sand washed clean, or maybe when you see snow that has fallen and is totally fresh and no one has touched it, that is what we are like before God. We've been made holy and we've been made blameless 
in his sight, totally clean, totally pure, and we're blameless. We haven't even, it's like we haven't even done the things to be blamed with before God. There's no room for guilt. But this isn't just the blessing of being made holy and blameless. This is the blessing of election, what God has done for us, the way he chose to do this for us. Verse 5, Paul writes that in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. God chose us. He predestined that we would be like that in his sight. Now, we might, some of us might get a bit nervous around the concept of the words like election or predestination. Um, But I want to ask you, aren't you grateful that ultimately God is large and he's in charge? Aren't you grateful that God is in control of everything? Look at verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. God has chosen us according to his desire and according to the way that he is working out everything in all creation with his will. This doesn't mean that everything that happens in our world, particularly evil, is an expression of his will. Just that there's nothing outside his will that he can't use for his glory and for our good. And God chose that one day we would be right with him. Before we ever chose to sin, he chose to die for us. And that he would have called for himself a people that would be holy and they would be blameless in his sight. So all of us, if we're trusting in Jesus Christ today, we have the past blessing of election. That God would choose to make us holy and blameless in his sight. But also we have this, we have the present blessing of adoption, the present blessing of adoption. You can read uh, with me from verse five. Paul writes that in love, in God's great and amazing love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which is freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. A friend and I, a few years ago, tried to memorize, we decided that we'd try and memorize all of Ephesians together. And um, I'll be honest, I did terribly because I couldn't get past the first chapter. But I do remember treasuring and loving these words because they're so rich in what God has done for us. He basically did it, by the way. He basically memorized the whole thing. What has God done? He has adopted us. Verse five, God has predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus. We all of us, if we're trusting in Jesus Christ, we have the blessing of being brought into the family of God. We've been brought into his family. We're his sons and we're his daughters. Part of what it means to be saved by God is, as verse seven says, that we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins. It's a bit like, it's connected to that thing of being made holy and blameless, being like that beach or being like snow that's being made totally clean and pure. We have been forgiven of our sins And now we don't earn our way into God's family through um, doing the right things. It actually comes through belief. Verse 13, Paul says, you were included when you heard the gospel and when you believed. Paul says, you were included when you heard the gospel of truth and when you believed it. And then he says, therefore, God has redeemed us through his blood and he has forgiven us of all our sins. But also we have, that means we haven't just had our past dealt with, but in the present we have the new identity of being a child of God. We have, as verse five says, adoption to sonship. Now some of you might think that's a bit exclusive because it's gendered, but uh, we're all the bride of Christ. 
and we've all been adopted to sonship, so we can all be uh, included in that way and uh, offended possibly. So we're all the bride, we've all been adopted. Sonship is significant because it's Paul's way of saying we've received a full and legal status of standing to receive an inheritance from God. In that day, it was when you were adopted, it was only the firstborn sons that had a chance to receive anything from God. So if you were after the firstborn, well, you weren't getting anything. But we've received adoption to sonship. And that's important because it's way of saying we've been made a full member of God's family. We stand to receive everything that Jesus Christ is going to give us and all we have in him. This means we aren't defined now by our performance. Our identity isn't in I am what I do. We aren't defined by our possessions as in I am what I have and we're not defined by pleasure as in I am what I want. Instead we are defined by the present blessing of adoption to God's family. We've been brought into his family I am a child of God, you can confidently say of yourself because of what God has done. So we've got the past blessing of election, we've got the present blessing of adoption, but also we have the future blessing of unity. Let's see what's written in verses 9 and 10, shall we? Paul writes, With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Let's understand what's being said here. Paul is writing to the Ephesian church, that's, what this, that's who this letter is addressed to, to say that there's going to come a time when God is going to bring everything together under Jesus. Verse 9, he says, there's been a mystery of his will revealed now. And that mystery of his will, that design, that intention, that plan, was to bring everything together. Verse 10, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. He uses this phrase, when the times reach their fulfillment. And he sort of means at the end of our earthly time now, at judgment time, when heaven and earth, when the old heaven and earth will fade away and God comes to rule. He says there's going to be a time when everything is going to be brought under Jesus Christ. That's why I say we've got this future blessing of unity because we know that there's going to be a day when everything reflects the beauty and order of King Jesus. All the brokenness, disorder, sin, rebellion of this world is going to be made right as Jesus Christ comes to reign. As one theologian put it, God wins. When the times reach their fulfillment, God is going to bring everything in heaven and on earth under King Jesus now, this might seem intangible. This is very far off. When's that coming? We don't know the hour or the day. But we are part of something that is like a foretaste of that unity that God is going to bring to everything. Paul describes the mystery of God's will, the mystery of God's will. And later in his letter to this church in Ephesus, he's going to describe what that is. In chapter 3, Paul writes that this mystery that he's already referred to is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. This mystery that's been revealed is that God intended, his design, his plan was to bring together and create for himself one new family and bring together the Jews and the Gentiles. Now we might not think of humanity in this way, but particularly if you think biblically, you can split humanity into two groups. 
Somebody once said there's two groups of people, those who've read the Lord of the Rings and those who are going to. This has nothing to do with that. The Bible thinks in terms of Jews and Gentiles. There's the Jews, the Israelites, and everybody else. So we are Gentiles if, we weren't, um, if we're not Jewish. Because the Jews, the Israelites, were the chosen people of God. If you've ever read the Old Testament, you will see that. But there, is, there was coming a time, it was prophesied in Scripture, and that has now been revealed that God would bring Jews and Gentiles together to create for himself a family. And what this is, is showing us that all the things that might divide us naturally are taken away in Jesus Christ. There is a unity in the church that is like a foretaste of what's to come because all of us are part of the family of God when we've trusted in Jesus Christ. And therefore, all the things that might split us up around our age and our socioeconomic status, our skin color, where we're from, what, we, what our interests are, whatever way you might want to split us all up, which society seems to increasingly do these days, that has been broken down in Jesus Christ. We have been made one. And that, and the pit, our church today is a picture of that, and that is a picture of what is to come with everything in creation. God is going to bring everything that submits to Jesus Christ under his will. We have the past blessing of election. We have the present blessing of adoption, but also we have the future blessing. We have a foretaste now of unity in Jesus Christ. That's some good blessing, right? I'm too blessed to be stressed. That's what I want to encourage you to say today. But here's what I want to emphasize and apply this to our lives to say. As you hear this sort of thing, as you attend a church, as you try to follow Jesus, or maybe you're looking into things, don't count yourself out of the blessing of God. Don't count yourself out of this kind of blessing. The blessings that are being written about here are for everyone who is in Christ Jesus. You might want to say, uh, you know, I don't understand this stuff, Tim. I don't know what the word election means, adoption, that's interesting. Unity, this future stuff. Let me encourage you, not necessarily feeling you act like you understand isn't a barrier to God's blessing. Now, you might want to say, um, I feel so far from the blessing of God at the moment just because my life does not feel blessed. or I'm so aware of what's going on in our society and world that I don't feel like the blessing of God is here. And whatever the state of our lives, that's no barrier to blessing. And also, our sin is no barrier to blessing. You might be here today very aware of the things that you've done. Those things are no barrier to God's blessing in our lives because if we can come to Jesus. So don't count yourself out. As you hear this today, don't count yourself out. Why can I say that confidently? Well, it's because of a phrase that gets used here that gets used 150 times in the New Testament that sums up what it is to belong to Jesus Christ. Um, the technical word is incorporated. And you'll see why that was the technical word because Paul sums it up that we are in Christ. We are in Christ. We see this in verse 3, that we are, we have received God's blessing in Christ. We have been chosen, verse 4, in Christ before the creation of the world. Verse 7, in him, that is in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've been chosen in Christ, verse 11. Our hope is in Christ, verse 12. We've been included in Christ, verse 13. And we've been marked in him, in Christ, by the promised Holy Spirit. To be a Christian is to be in Christ. It's a bit like this. I've written my name, I wonder if you can see it, on this piece of paper. And this paper, piece of paper is in this Bible. 
And you can think of yourself like this. You are in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Bible and your name is there. We are in Christ Jesus if we trusted in him. And this is the thing. If you're in Christ Jesus, you don't need to count yourself out because all that is true of him can now said to be true of you because of him. So you might want to count yourself out of God's blessing for all sorts of reasons. But if you're in Christ Jesus, you're in the blessings and you don't need to count yourself out. This means you can say today with total confidence, let's go through verses 1 to 14, shall we? Let's see all the blessings that God has for us. If you're in Christ, you can claim all of this, that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing, verse 3. You've been chosen before the creation of the world, verse 4. You are holy, you are blameless, you are loved, you've been predestined. We've been adopted as sons and daughters, verse 5. We're under God's pleasure, we're in God's will. We are to the praise of his glorious grace. We are redeemed, we've been forgiven, we're rich in God's grace. We are wise and understanding in him. We are aware of the mystery of Christ. We are chosen, predestined for the praise of his glory for the second time. We've been included, we've been saved, we've been sealed, signed, sealed, delivered by the Holy Spirit, we are God's possession, we're in line for an inheritance, and we are for the third time for the praise of His glory. Come on, somebody. So good. Paul goes on and on. And if you just go through Ephesians, we are God's poema, His workmanship, created with good work, good works to do. We are part of a whole new humanity. We've been made alive in Christ. We've been clothed in His righteousness, and on and on and on and on. And all these blessings come through being in Christ Jesus. So if you're in him, don't count yourself out. Because all that is true of him can be said to be true of you. Don't count yourself out of the blessings of God. So let's just apply this one more time. Don't count yourself out of the main place, the main location, the body of his blessing, the church of Christ. Don't count yourself out of the church. Now, Tim, you might say, Tim, you would say that. You're a vicar. It's kind of your job to say that. But look, look at what Paul writes in verse 11 and verse 13. He says, in him, that's in Christ, you were also chosen. And then verse 13, he says, and you also were included in Christ. And what we might want to do is just get rid of the word also from that. And we go, I've been chosen, yes. Mm, and I've been included, amen. You can totally say that with confidence. But he's writing to this church in Ephesus to say, you were also included, and you've also been chosen, because we've been chosen and included along with everyone else who is in Christ. We can't read this individually. You see, God loves his body and bride, the church. God planned it, he purchased it, and he purposed it. Praise God for alliteration. He planned it, he purchased it, and he purposed it. And all those things, that past blessing, that present blessing, that future blessing, is true of the church of Jesus Christ. God planned the church, as in it has the past blessing of election. God purchased the church, as in it has the present blessing of adoption. And God purposed the church. It has the future blessing of unity and, a sign, and to be a sign and foretaste of what is to come. The blessings that are true of us are true because they're true of God's body, the church. And this is crucial, and this is what we're going to explore throughout this sermon series. The church is the location of God's blessing. And this means, when I say the church, what I can say is that this local church, or any other local church, is an expression of God's blessing. Therefore, don't count yourself out of the church. 
because it's the primary way that God's blessing is experienced in our lives and it is extended to other people. Let's not buy into the radical individualism we see into our culture. Let's play our part in the body that we have been brought into. Do you notice how all the blessing in this passage, they're plural. We have been chosen. We have been forgiven. God has loved, blessed, and included us. You've been chosen, but also he's included and chosen everyone else in Christ Jesus. Therefore, don't, let, let's not relegate church to just another leisure activity in our life. Um, let's not buy into the lie that says basically we can do faith on our own and maybe we just go to church for a bit to get topped up. This is the place. We are the body of God's blessing. We are his family. If you want to experience God's blessing in your lives, if you want to extend it to other people, the church is God's way to do that. And you might want to say, yeah, but the church is broken. Yeah, it's broken, but it's been bought at a price and it's being redeemed. You might want to say the church is really, really weird. Well, it might be weird to the world, but it's beautiful in the sight of God. You might want to say the church is weak. Yeah, we are weak in our own strength, but it's in weakness that his power is perfected. The church is the place of God's blessing. So don't count yourself out of it. You are in Christ, he is in you, and you are in his body, the church. And there's so much more to say on this subject of the church, what that means and how we're to play our part. But if you're here today and you are in Christ, or you want to be in Christ, you can receive these blessings, the past blessing of election, the present blessing of adoption, and the future blessing of unity. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, says Paul, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Amen? I think we're actually going to say these words together, because we can all lay claim to this if we're in Christ Jesus. So shall we try it together? Say it with me. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're blessed. Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for all that you have done for us in Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can, all that we can lay claim to, because as we trust in you, we are brought into your family, and we are now in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you have blessed us with. I pray for anyone here today, Lord, who your blessings feel far away for whatever reason. I pray that you would draw close to them. Lord, I pray for any of us who want to extend your blessings to everyone else. I pray for the power of your spirit to do that. And I pray that we would see this, your body, as the place of your blessing. I pray that it be so evident. Thank you that where there is unity, you command a blessing, Lord. Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us, and thank you that you want to do, thank you for what you want to do through us. We submit to that, Jesus, and thank you for everything you've done for us. Amen.